You're listening to the Ringside Podcast. Sitting at ringside. The show that brings you all that is pro wrestling, news, interviews, and opinions. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth wall. With Daniel Spencer. The most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Jeremy Wallman. I'm the best in the world at what I do. And Justin Kruger. Your arms are just too short to box with God. And now, let's ring the bell and start the show. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. My name is J.K. And I am here with my client, Jeremy Woman. And Daniel Spencer. And this is the Ringside Podcast. Well, um, it was different. And I liked it. I liked it. He completely took over the show for a minute. Um, I, so. I had to since, you know, I had to take you two backstage and play soothsayer before we started this show. <laughs> yeah, if you listen to the end of our last episode, uh, there was a little heated debate and, and the pipe bomb between Jeremy and I. We had to just end the show because we were about to go go to blows. Well, what you all will never hear is the fact that after the show was over, he came up and gave me a hug and told me he was sorry and that I was correct. So, oh, no, no, whoa, 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 so, whoa, 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 whoa. There was no sorry. I was, so, mute uh, me. Stop muting me. <laughs> there was no sorry. I was correct. There might have been a hug and like, I right, good, good. <laughs> Uh, good, good, good debate, good discussion, but there wasn't no, I'm sorry, and, and you were correct. That's not how I remember it, but hey, real quick, before we get started, because I know y'all want to get started on this, some words for our fans out in Japan. And that means if you're not down with us, you're down, or you're down with NWO for life. Okay, and speaking of an NWO, I'm wearing an NWO shirt as because this topic today is about factions and stables. Well, your Sami Zayn shirt was dirty, so you had to put that one on. <laughs> I don't actually own a Sami Zayn shirt, but okay. Um, yeah, so I, I own a Nia Jack shirt over a Sami Zayn shirt. That, that's what I was going to go with, but I thought that might be a little yeah. sexist, so I, I digress no. for a second. <laughs> He's not like most girls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so... Uh, the the factions and so basically we're, we're a little little different this week. Normally we pick when we do these topical shows we pick our favorites top twos top threes. We're just going but, but and then JK steals them. <laughs> right, JK steals them from you. From me, that's but, his gimmick. But in but in in this aspect we're a little different. We're just going to mm. discuss because everyone's going to probably pick their number one is going to be the same or the number they're going to pick the same in the first. Right. Three. So we just we just talk about all the top best factions and stables um, and. Um, We'll lead it off with Jeremy. You can just go ahead and name one, even if it's somebody we already you go ahead and name. One. We'll, all, we'll all discuss it all. So let's just see why are they. The whole thing is what makes them great. Why are they awesome? Why are they the best? Why are they on this list, so to speak? Well, the first one I want to talk about is Degeneration X. Are you ready? Hey, think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? 
You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Um, that was a time in the WWE where, you know, it, it was time to put up or shut up. Uh, another faction we'll talk about later certainly pushed, uh, no, no, I'm not going to give any spoilers, pushed the WWE to either go big or go home. And luckily for them, uh, Degeneration X was a hit with everybody pretty much that watches any kind of wrestling. Um, sorry, I didn't mean, um, but they, they were a hit. I felt like they probably should have had a few more members. Or maybe they had to find the way there. I, I, I just felt like there should have been a couple more members. But for what they did have, even over the different years and different reincarnations of the faction, it was just, that's what they had. And it was nothing more than sophomoric humor, along with great wrestling, that turned the WWE around. During the, I mean, then you had the Rock, Stone Cold, and the Attitude Era. But... It was piloted by DX, and, and I love that faction. Uh, Triple H, The Outlaws, Shawn Michaels, it was great. X-Pac, I didn't mean to forget him. That was in a different yeah, incarnation. Right, but uh, well, so was New Age Outlaws, too. But, I mean, right. yeah, I agree, though. The DX, what I like about it is the fact that, uh, which we'll talk about something else later, and we'll probably bring this up, but what I liked about DX is the fact that you had your originals. You had your, your Sean and, and Triple H. You had China. Rick Rude, Rick Rude. Yeah, you had Rick Rude in there. And that was your original carnation of the DX. Now, Rick Rude left, and, and but still, those three still worked with DX. It still right. it still was there. Um, and it worked, and it kept going. And, then, and of course, after Sean had to ret- well, so supposedly retire at that point with a back injury, it allowed them to, to branch out. And with the New Age Outlaws and the next Pac um, coming in, and that was even – it was another form of it, but it still it still was the right. same. It still was raw and real. It worked. Um, even later when they brought DX back in the, in the mid-2000s and it was just Sean and, and Triple H again, it still – Was that worked. when he when uh, Sean went through the cafe, WWE cafeteria super kicking people? And yeah, the, yeah. That yeah. was so awesome. One of them, then he took the spirit squad and threw them in the, in the, yeah. the box and said, all right, it was awesome. Yeah, that was funny. Was Sean, Sean was, the, not to get off on this uh, tangent, but wasn't Sean like the cook at the WWE cafeteria and, and Triple H coming in and was trying to talk him back into wrestling and stuff, and then he, he gets mad and starts super kicking people out of the lunch line and stuff like that? It was something along those lines. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was just goofy. It was just funny backstage segments they did. And, and But those guys could, that's why it worked, because they could also wrestle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So course. it made it great. My, my favorite DX moment of all time was when they first brought them back in like 2006 they had subtly teased it with michaels and triple h in their matches at wrestlemania right mm-hmm. the two get back together after a long winding road and then vince mcmahon gets on the mic and you know dx is kind of messing around with the soundboard <laughs> and they start warping vince mcmahon's voice yeah one time he starts like talking as if he ingested like 500 milligrams of helium into his system, and the next he sounds like Darth Vader's long-lost brother. Right. That was pretty fun. That was the one where they had the the chicken, uh, the rooster up on the board, and it was like, I love... Yeah, Blanks. I think Triple yeah. H cut the promo like an hour before saying that Vince McMahon loves dicks. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the... Uh, Dang it. Do you remember the... the um, was that the same time frame where they also like... 
the the new the baby was his new his new baby was born or whatever. I, I it was like so. a year before, I think. Not it was with DX, and they were like, "Well, she that looks familiar." It's like, "Yeah, it was." I, I wonder who's I wonder who's the daddy. Yeah, I bet, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all. Those and then they jokes. dumped the what was it like porta potty full of yeah, crap, crap on the squad. squad. Yeah, on good old Dolph. That's not the first or last time he's got crap dumped on him. Yeah, so, so we missed one of those last episode. So, uh, yeah, we did. Uh, so, you know, another another thing too is I love my favorite DX stuff. Though it happened before all that, it, when when they, the original carnation of it, I love the fact that you the USA Network literally sent them a paper the WB saying you cannot say these State words of the on union. TV. Yeah, State of the Union address. So they did the State of the Union address and went up there and said it. And when they say it on there, they they literally like read the address and like make fun of it. But USA loved it. But it was just it was it was great how they just. Made it their own and did that was one of my favorite things they did, uh, for sure. But DX, yeah, definitely is top, uh, there. And, um, you know, and I love them. And, uh, you know, so we, um, you know, their music was great too, as well. It was, it, it, it was captivating. It got you hype. It had the, the beginning part where it slowed and then, it, you know, it, it, it led Fucking up damn. to where, where everybody was ready to break everything down around them. So, you know, yeah, R. it was R. really P, great. R.I.P. Uh, Chris, I forget his last name, but the lead singer for the band who actually did the DX song and um, he passed away. Oh, what was uh, the name of that group? J.K., you're supposed to be on stats for us. I don't well, I don't remember who it was, but I know they had a variation of the theme with, uh, I believe it was Run DMC. Yeah, yeah. on that. Uh, but that was on the WWE compilations album that they did. Yeah, that was the King, one. King of Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because don't you remember, WWE did that compilation Chris album. Warren. They, Chris yeah, Warren. Yeah, Chris Warren. His name where is. they remixed a lot of the, because uh, The Rock had a remix. It, and it, the was, a, it, was, it was Aggression. It was called yeah. Something Aggression. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I have that album, yeah. It was really I, did, I did, too. I, I'm ashamed to. It was ruthless aggression. It might yeah, that, that might have been what it was called. Ruthless aggression. Yeah, that might have been. They what named it, it after the alleged era of that time. Oh, the, the, that's probably right. But The Rock had a really cool one. I forgot who his was with in The Undertaker's. I think it was just called aggression. It was just aggression. It wasn't ruthless aggression. It was just aggression. WB aggression. I'm the was one. The Undertaker's the one that was done with Chris Rock? Wasn't that the one? No, it's Kid Rock. Who did I say? I said Chris Rock. I meant Kid Rock. I had Chris Rock on the brain. Well, ironically, Kid Rock sampled a Metallica song for it, and then later on, he had no, a no, biscuit no. That, the the aggression one was all was all rap. The one you're talking about is um, uh, Force of Fury. That was all that was all the uh, rock, and so this one was like Run DMC, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Method C- Man was Method on with Man. the Rock. Method Man, yeah. Um, Snoop Dogg's with Stone Cold. O- yeah, ODB, o- ODB with Mankind, C Murder with Gangrel, the yeah. East Siders with Kane. Uh, I'm trying to see Ice T with the Godfather, Mystical with Triple H is the game, and uh, Mac Ten with the Big Show. So, yeah, the um, trip down memory lane, so to speak here. But uh, yeah, yeah, Forcible Entry was the one you're talking about with all the rock songs. That was really good too. Um, but yeah, and that's the one where um, uh, Undertaker actually had Limp Biscuit, and then Kid Rock did. Yeah, Limp Biscuit. That's who it was. Kid Rock did Stacy Keebler's right, theme, which is uh, which is a uh, cover of. Uh, well, Led Zeppelin. Anyways, uh, so yeah, that's uh, on to our next uh, our next uh, faction. We'll, or stable. We'll give it up to uh, to JK to to do this one. What do you think? What do you got? Let's go on the way back time machine to the NWA in eighty eight, eighty nine. And I'm not gonna tease it around a little bit too much. Gotta love the four horsemen. Absolutely. Woo! 
Was that Charlotte? It sounded more like Charlotte than Rick. And I know Jeremy was talking about maybe DX should have added more members. Four Horsemen had a lot of iterations, a lot of different variations spanning from the late 80s with Rick, Arn, Tully, Barry, and JJ to the 90s where they added Malenko, Benoit, Mongo. I believe JJ was around for a little bit. Bobby managed them at one point. Just the thing that the Four Horsemen did was they won matches. Yeah. And they touted their, I guess, their class, Mm -hmm. their riches, their fame, their accomplishments, and it got them over so well. They flaunted what they so, had. So your so your favorite is the original Four Horsemen in the in the in the mid eighties, late eighties. Yes. Okay. The, the, so Arn, Oli, Tully, and Rick with JJ with JJ. JJ, yeah, that's that's a great. Yeah, that's that's the best. I mean, there was other incarnations that were good when they added one or two, but yeah, that was definitely. Uh, there was one time I think after the after Arn and Tully left for the WWE that. Uh, Sid Vicious and Barry Windham were actually members. They were. Sting yeah. was also a member. Sting too. was Sting, a member for a Sting, while. Yeah. So many different people. Lex Luger, were. Lex Luger was too, uh, as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, um, definitely was uh, was a great. Uh, Forrestman is one of the best. I mean, they they're in the Hall of Fame, right? Um, DX is not in the Hall of Fame. There's members of DX in the Hall of Fame, but not not. Um, but not the actual stable yeah, itself. But horse, horsemen are in the Hall of Fame, and rightfully so. I mean, they're one of the greatest factions of all time. They Probably, paved, they paved the way for pretty much every single faction that resulted from it. Mm-hmm. Evolution, the most notable one, that was a, a modern day uh, four horsemen when they brought Evolution in, and that was a, that was one of my favorite. I know we're we're only talking about a couple here, but Evolution was one of my absolute favorite. Um, factions of all time and they tried to recreate it in in, uh in in tna and what was it called fortune Mm -hmm. it's called Fortune, and that was with nigel mcginnis bobby Roode. i forgot uh rick flair was the manager of it i forgot what the who else was members of the magnus maybe and uh i don't remember who else it was but that that that's a derivative of that initial four horsemen uh, faction so yeah they, they definitely inspired and paved the way for a lot of success in the future yeah, it, it's some of the be- some of the best stories and angles. Go back on the WWE Network and watch some of that old um, old stuff with um, the that's that's there. I mean, not everything is there, but for the most part, it, almost all of it is uh, with the Four Horsemen. It's some good good classic feuds, good classic stuff, and uh, and um, wow, good wrestling too. Good good psychology, good old school type wrestling. Um, I'm gonna go with mine. Um, and you kind of started high. With, we we started all this with with top, so we might as well go with the top. And I'm wearing their shirt right now, ladies and gentlemen. It is the New World Order, the NWO, New, 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 new World Order, new, for, new for, order. For, for life, for life. So it's the New World Order, and, I, and, and when I and I want to I want to um, <laughs> I want to put a asterisk next to this. It's the original NWO, right? Not the what it became later. Um, and the reason why I say that is because when it was when it, when Hall and Nash came over and then the third man ended up being Hogan and then of course it just was amazing what heat those guys had and what story angles and yeah they added one or two members to it and it wasn't that bad with the Giant and and um, who else did they add right after that uh, the Giant Ted DiBiase Ted DiBiase 
Savage was in it. Savage, Savage, and then and then Eric Bischoff is the leader. That right there was good. It, it was getting didn't start. They started getting more and more people. But even then, at the first couple of years, even though they added more and more people into it, your main people that was involved were still kind of your top. And they they just kind of man, I'm telling you, it was just a great great. Um, it's kind of the gang style. Like they were a gang. They were almost like a gang. It wasn't just a a faction or a state, but it was like they were, you can join them, they beat you down, you're in the gang, you're, you're, you're cover your family. And that was that whole time in the 90s when you had, that was kind of when the Crips and Bloods kind of became big and it, the gang scene was kind of becoming a thing. So it kind of made sense to have it also on wrestling. Like we're going to take over WCW, we're going to destroy them and it's NWO. And, and really Eric Bischoff had the idea to make it two separate brands, a WCW and an NWO brand, just like they're doing now. That's kind of where, the whole concept of the brands came from was was Eric started it. He was wanting to do that, have different separate pay per views, and it was just the way spray painting the belt. And you know, who would have thought they would take a belt like that and spray paint NWO on it? Like it would, you know, that that thousands of dollars they put on that, and they just they did that, and that angle worked. It got over Hogan was Hollywood Hogan now, and the heel turn it just was amazing. Um, so yeah, the NWO and, and by far even even at looking back, I mean they had a little when WWE, when the NWO was in WWE, it was a little stale, not as good, but it was still it still was the NWO, it still was the original right. three guys, and they still did their thing. Um, but um, you know when they split the Wolfpack, even the Wolfpack NWO, I mean that's all it's a separate stable, I guess, but at the same yeah. time it's still part of it. But I just what it became and what it, and looking at history, it's probably it changed the face of wrestling. And it made the Monday Night Wars what it was and lasted as long as it did. And if it wasn't for that, I don't think the Monday Night Wars really would have been there, honestly. Well, they blurred the line between uh, reality and perception by bringing on Hall and Nash and claiming that they were coming over from WWE to to destroy or however whatever the the, uh, storyline was. And then to to even sit there on Monday nights and see – well, these guys are shutting down the show. If 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 you don't, if what they don't see happen, if what they like don't happen, they're just shutting it down. Um, and you know, it was just awesome. There's a lot of nuances the NWO did that made it work so well for an extremely long time that mm-hmm. it did. Right. First, they had the two guys come from the WWE to WCW. That way it felt more like a hostile takeover rather than an insurgency, which they were very delicate in trying to distinguish the two terms separately. Mm -hmm. Secondly, they executed so well with Hogan winning the title and then getting a lot of guys who actually were WWE guys to cross over, save for maybe the Giants. Right. Like they had Hogan, they had Hall, Nash, Savage – DiBiase, Dusty Rhodes, if right. you're willing to count him for a little bit. They even had their own pay-per-view in the WCW cycle called right. Sold Out. Yeah. Right. And and they took over Nitro uh, a couple times. And then what, what I like about uh, with the NWO, though, too, is that they made um, – when like they had people in the local area when they were recording Nitro and they were taken when, when they did that whole, and they took uh Ray Mysterio and uh, Nash threw him on the, uh, the trailer. trailer. Yeah. All, they had real cops called when the cops showed up on camera. Those were real, right? They were real cops. They didn't know it was, they were filming. It Don't was kind of crazy. They also took over the tonight show and they got did. crossover appeal with celebrities like Carl Malone, Dennis Rodman, Jay Leno. Mm-hmm. They brought ultimately 
more eyes to the art of pro wrestling and more or less WCW than perhaps we may ever see, barring something unforeseen. Right. And, um, yeah, and one of the things that they did – imagine this, though, you know, because there was a part where Brett hadn't re-signed during that time, the contract, when, when they – 96. They were trying to get Bret Hart. Imagine if it was those two and Bret Hart as the leader. I think it would have been – it wouldn't have been as impactful as Hogan turning heel, but it would have been still stinking pretty awesome with the NWO, Bret Hart being the leader, coming over – and that would have been like really truly WWF coming out, coming in to take over WCW for the most part because Brett was WWF at the time. So that would have been kind of wild. If that, that's according to what I heard Bruce Pritchard's uh, podcast about Brett, and they talked about that was they didn't know if he was going to sign or what during that time frame, and he could have that, been the third member of NWO. That's another reason why it worked as well because you know we can talk about what if Brett was going to turn heel and become the leader of the NWO or I was reading up on this actually this week that the original plan was for Randy Savage yeah. to turn heel during the match and then be revealed as the third man. Well, it started off as Sting and then Randy and then finally if Sting was going to be the third man and Sting never would do it which would would not work. Sting is the WCW guy so it wouldn't work. But um but Randy would have worked Little, not as, but I still think it wasn't been as impactful as what it is. And Hogan knew that the money it was. He saw the money, and him having creative control, he was like, "Yeah, we're going to do this, brother." Yeah, you the know? the ultimate thing was no one at that time could have ever predicted Hogan would go full heel with this. Yeah, they had teased it a little bit with the whole crap Dungeon of Doom storyline with oh. him, Kevin Sullivan, and the Giant, but. Hogan ultimately still kept face, and fans were they, – they knew it was time to pull the trigger on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the NWO was great, and uh, and I'm glad they've had the long tender they had and even had comebacks. But uh, definitely it was you – know, the three we've named so far to start off the show, for sure, being with the um, with uh, DX, the Horseman, NWO, it's probably the three greatest – there is really. I mean, yeah. we had it. We had to come out hot on it, come out top. Um, so um, before we, um, so you mean nobody's going to talk about the union today? <laughs> no, so there's, before, a, there's at least three more we could talk. Yeah, about. we're going to. So no, before no, we go no, into no. our next next three, we're all going to talk about. Let's go into our rapid fire. Somebody call nine one one. Shotty fire burning on the dance floor. Whoa. You're going to start a fire. That you cannot put out. It's up in flames. What is that? The gasoline? That they could not be that heinous. And my God, the casket's on fire. The casket's on fire. Hot in the sun in the south of Spain. Got me soon as I walk through the door. All right, so rapid fire. Uh, first up is Oscar beating Goldberg's streak and basically being undefeated for longer than Goldberg ever was. So histor- historic. But they haven't talked about it in WWE. But what do you think though about it? Um, I'm going to give you one word here: meaningless. Okay. All right. Well, it feels that way because WWE hasn't even really acknowledged. The only it. person that acknowledged it, I think, was was Goldberg and Oscar. Well, Triple H and Stephanie did on Twitter, but I mean, as far oh, as like but, on the TV, okay, yeah, yeah, no. I don't care. 
I like it. It's a cool novelty for Asuka to have, but I think it's going to mean more if she leaves NXT undefeated and then carries the momentum in the main roster. She has to, right? She can't lose this title. She gets yeah. caught, She gets drafted to one of the two, and then the title gets left behind. But they need to start putting on TV that she's undefeated for this long right. the streak. They need to start doing that angle. Once they start doing that, you know she's going to either lose or she's going to go on onto the main roster. Agreed. Um, all right, next up, Jim Ross doing commentary not only for – um, the the UK uh, champ- championship match, but also from the women's tournament and all these big events coming up. What do you think about that? I like it. It it brings back a sense of nostalgia. Uh, everybody loved Jim Ross growing up. He just is a staple. As as JK tries to play footsie with me, um, he didn't try to. I'm kidding. Um, it, I, I like it. Like I said, I know it's supposed to be rapid, so I won't. Get elongated with my response. I like it. I like it. All right. I love the fact the fact that Jim Ross is, is doing comedy. I think he's the best. I wish he'd do it all the time. Uh, he is the best there is, the best there was, the best there will be. Sorry, Brett, but he is uh, in that in that aspect of it. I'd rather have a little bit of him than none at all. So I like it. Yeah, exactly. We were getting none of him, so having a little bit is great. Yeah, for sure. So um, you like Jim Ross being there, JK? JR could sell ice to an Eskimo. That is true. Which is a very wizard feat. I'm happy that he's <laughs> in the tournament, though. He's going to put over so many of the women's All right, the wrestlers. Poss- and the possibility, uh, next topic here, sorry, the bell ring, Not uh, the money in the bank having been for the women as well, having the women having a money in the bank match. I don't mind it. I'm all for it. One thing that you know about me, I'm all for giving the women more opportunities um, whereas I don't believe they should have in, as many matches on the show. And, and nothing against them. It's just like we, we tune in to watch our, our favorite guys. And most, most a lot, you know, that that's just what we're tuning in for without trying to dig a hole for myself too deep here. But I'm all for giving them more titles, more opportunities. Uh, I like the women's tournament idea and a women's money in the bank. I think it's just the next step. We've had women's hell in the cell. Women's cage match, uh, I mean, so so many different new things for them. So I, I love the idea. I'm definitely for it too because I I really wanted them to have a women's separate Royal Rumble match. I thought it'd be cool to do that with both brands together and and all that. I think it would, it would work. Ten man, fifteen man, whatever it is. I mean, we wouldn't be able to do thirty, but except another women's war. And I think that's in the future. I have a feeling that's a women's tournament. Maybe that's what they're going to go through next January. But so I'm definitely for them having their money in the bank mm. match. And I think it'd be pretty cool to see. Uh, I just wish it was a <laughs> both Raw and SmackDown together because you would get a better match out of it. Plus, it'd be ultra thin right now because each of the women's divisions only has like. Six, seven wrestlers. Yeah, so you pretty I mean, much have to use your entire division just for the match, which kind of works. And kind of works out on that. What are you playing with, everybody? Uh, the the spring was about to fall off, so I put it back into place. Uh, Next it, up uh, is uh, sorry, sorry. No, you're good. Bell rung. I heard it. Um, Not really. Will the Rock wrestle again? No. No. I think he has one more match. I don't. I think he'll be too busy being the president of the United States. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's possible. You're right about that. But it's not until 2020, so we'll, he'll, you have a few years to see if he'll get, throw down there one more. Uh, Who you, real quick, in the spirit of rapid fire, who's the one guy that needs The Rock to come back feud-wise to help put it? Roman Reigns. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. I can't take Roman Reigns beating another guy he has no business beating like he did Taker. But that's who we need. 
You asked me. You asked the question. I did. I did, and that's a fair answer, even though I hate it. Oh, I, I know. I knew it as soon as I said it. I was like, I know what this son of a gun's going to say, and, and I agree. It's, it. it's got to be John Cena. They got to have that rubber match. Ooh. Okay. Mm, okay, but John Cena's already out anyway, so it really wouldn't make sense. It didn't make sense for The Rock and Stone Cold to have one more match at WrestleMania 19. Well, it, it did happened. because that was going to be Stone, Stone Cold's last match, and he wanted to, he wanted he wanted him to beat him. It's, that was Stone Cold's desire. He wanted to, he wanted to lose to The Rock and give him what he deserved and win at WrestleMania against him because he never got he didn't get it the past two two times. I, I, I get what you're saying though, but I don't. I, I think it's, it's gonna there's the bell again. Yeah. All right, Carmella as champ because according to reports, WWE is high on putting her and making her soon to be women's champion. She might win the money in the bank. No. No. Pass. If you pick someone from the welcoming committee, it's gotta be Mentalia. I won't accept any alternatives. All right. Well. I'd rather see JK as uh, SmackDown Women's Champion than Carmella. I think I think it's going to happen. Apparently, they they want to they want to use her. So this is genetically right. impossible. By the way, let me point that out. All right, so that's our. Um, well, don't say that now. <laughs> that's it of our rapid fire. Let me stand next to your fire. All right, the all three fine choices we had at the beginning. I would like to. Uh, I'm going to start this. Start off the second half of this ball game by going with a a group of guys that. That started off over the seas. Uh, they they didn't get their shine in mainstream. They uh, it, it was the, the Bullet Club. It was started by Finn Balor. Uh, I'm sorry, Prince Nevitt. Uh, back in the days, uh, Harper Anderson, AJ Omega, the Young Bucks. All these guys had been a part of this. Cody Rhodes, Adam Cole. Um, just just. And this group has made new stars. They have made new stars over over in Japan. So this isn't like WWE or NXT creating new guys. It's Cody Hall, Scott Hall's son, was a member of the Bullet Club uh, for a while. Uh, and I'm probably leaving out a couple of names because uh, there's some new guys in Ring of Honor that are uh, the Ring of Honor television champion. I forgot his name. Uh, he's, he, Marty Skrull is his name, the villain. He's a member of the Bullet Club now. Um it's just a, it, it's it's a great group. It's it's not a mainstream group. It's a group that's over at New Japan that occasionally comes over and wrestles in a Ring of Honor. Uh, it's kind of spun off into the WWE with the club with Gallows and Anderson and AJ. Um, it it I, I just I I love that faction that they're very wrestling oriented. The young yeah. did I say the Young Bucks earlier? I don't remember if I did or not. But just innovative, just from top to bottom, innovative technical wrestling. They have the NWO feel to them a little bit, and um, well, except for they're all small, and the NWO was like a mixture of big guys and small guys. Right. I mean, yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying they have a. I'm not saying they are the NWO. I'm just saying they have a. They have that NWO feel, which means the and that means the whole kind of a game mentality group come together. You know, they 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 get members, they kick them out. That kind of whole deal with the NWO did as well. So, yeah, it 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 definitely is a great uh, a great faction for sure. And it's and it's you know it's huge outside of the WWE. It's it's the, probably the biggest um, selling merchandise, the biggest thing there is out there. 
um, people that diehard wrestling fans that just, just that don't don't watch any stuff and just watch WWE only. They don't really maybe understand that that aspect. They may have seen the shirts and know who it is, but they may not have really seen their matches and seen their their style and what they do. And they're missing out, which eventually one day I'm sure they will. But they're missing out on a lot of lot of great lot of great talent. Yeah, I mean, there's millions of people that probably don't even know who I'm talking about. So, Jackie, what's your uh, what's your uh, next faction? Sierra Hotel India Echo Lima Delta. Okay, I hate them all except for Seth Rollins. Well, they're they're. Yeah, they're, the set, the only thing I love the shield as a shield, and I love individually. I love Seth right Seth Rollins, and I think Roman is working on it. Um, not a not a fan of Dean so much. I was at the beginning. I was definitely in the shield, and I was at the beginning when Dean was really becoming the, the lunatic fringe. But then he came, became into more of a uh, the lunatic car salesman. Yeah, he became into more of a more of a kitty version of the of a crazy lunatic. Now, I don't really care for that. But I'm only more like. Really psycho. You don't know what he's going to do. Type of type of. I loved the Shield at the very beginning when they were paired up with CM Punk and Paul Heyman. Oh yeah, that was good. that was awesome. That was one of the. And I know a lot of people don't consider CM Punk and the Shield to have been a faction. To me, they definitely were a faction the first year. Maybe I don't know the exact time frame, but it, it was CM Punk. How was he going to? How was he going to hold on to his title this week? Oh, well. The Shield. That's how, and it was it was it was a great time in wrestling for me. It was one of the, the my, it was one of my more favorite storylines here recently. And I know now, it's not now, recent. now. Here's why I picked the Shield over Evolution or a choice I was going to bring up Los Perros del Mall. Bless you. One of the hottest factions in Lucha Libre, Consejo Mundial de Lucha Libre. The Shield gravitates towards me because they were a faction that I got hooked on when I started watching wrestling again around four years ago. Of course, my favorite during this time is CM Punk and probably will go down as one of my all-time favorites in all of pro wrestling bar none. What made it work with The Shield was it wasn't just, you know, three guys that were toiling away in the mid-card for so long and they finally got tired of it. These were three guys fresh from NXT that were looking to make a statement. And what better way to do it by going after a guy like Ryback, who was really over at the time, a main event player given John Cena's injury at the time. And then later on they had a baller first match, that six-man TLC with uh, Team Hell No and Ryback. That put them over their first match as bona fide superstars. I feel like they split them up too quick. Do you agree with that? See, here's the thing. I was there in Indianapolis that night right. when they split up the Shield. Right. I, me personally, I thought it was going to be Dean Ambrose that was going to turn heel at that at that show. I didn't expect it to be Seth Rollins, but the way that Seth Rollins evolved after that is quite possibly the most metamorphic change that mm-hmm. i've seen in a wrestler in quite some time because when you look at the shield you had three guys who you fought who you thought were gonna do things like dean ambrose everybody thought he was gonna be like the main event player to heal because at that time he was the best on the mic and right. de- and it's debatable that he was probably the best worker among the three you had roman reigns who a lot of people saw it as like a project, but people said this is going to be the guy that down the line he's going to be like the face of the company. The main question was always going to be Seth Rollins. When the Shield splits up, 
what's going to happen with him? Is he going to toy away in the mid card? Is he going to rise above it? And lo and behold, he turned heel. Weirdly enough, when Evolution was breaking up that same night also, and then he aligns with the authority and arguably is now like the best guy out of those three. I thought he always was the best guy. But, of course, I watched him back in Ring of Honor uh, as Tyler Black and and watched him. I've been watching him for years. So I've always thought he was the best wrestler out of the three. But uh, not to... To, to rain on what you were saying or anything but uh i too that night i was like oh it's gonna be dean and i changed my mind I, honestly seth was the last one on my mind that would have turned hill that night it was dean in my mind and i was like oh they're gonna swerve us and it's gonna be roman and then it was like you know no way it's gonna be seth and then of course it was seth and it was ended up being a great turn and great i don't think they broke them up i think they uh i mean i guess they could have they could have they could have lasted longer but they but being the fact that they broke them up when they did too, it makes you want them back. So when they, if they ever, now they're all on the same brand. If they ever do have a reunion, it, it, it'll be special. Could they have made it work if they added one more member? Could that have extended their longevity a little bit? Because at that point, you've got a tag team to go after the tag title. I don't think that's a question that can accurately be answered. They had, the they three had, played off each other really, really right. well. They would have had to come out with four, not just the three. Because there, there was for a long time, I don't know who out there knows this or not, but for the longest time, uh, Baron Corbin was supposed to join them as the fourth member of the shield. And for whatever reason that never went through, I think they could have extended their longevity. Just, just hear me out here. You've got Reigns and Corbin going after the tag team titles. You've got Ambrose going after the heavyweight title, Rollins going after the the Intercontinental title, and then Rollins feeling like, you know what, I'm the leader. You're not the leader. No, I've got the bigger. It could have led to more stuff. They could have kept them together a little bit longer. That's kind of what they did when they started the Shield was they had Ambrose win the U.S. title, and then they had And then he didn't defend it for six months. Yeah. But he did hold it for almost a year. Which and, I think is longer than like Benoit or MVP had it. Yeah, but I, I think they and they made a joke about it on TV. Like he held it for almost a year and only defended it three times. Yeah. I think it was just because the writers sort of neglected the fact that he was U.S. champion and the Shield was kind of being embroiled in these hot feuds, like street. And if he should have never had that title, in my opinion, was, at that point, because they were in, embroiled in, in big feuds. You can't. You can't put a singles title in, in a six-man like, tag team like match. I'm just thinking from when they first started. You know, they were feuding with Team Hell No and Ryback. They beat, I think it was Orton, Sheamus, and Big Show, right at WrestleMania yeah, 29. Yeah, it was something like then that. Then they take the titles. They feud with the Usos for a little bit. Then they get have their little thing at SummerSlam. Uh, they feud with the Rhodes Brothers, which that was. A fantastic feud at that time. They did the little five-on-five match, which really, really put Roman Reigns over. And then after that was the Wyatts feud, which they go down as the best six-man tag team match I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good... They had some good feuds. And, 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 don't and don't like forget said, about the feud with Evolution, though. That right. was absolutely phenomenal Bre- breaking them up when they did was definitely um was definitely smart because it makes you want more uh, i'm gonna go on to my next uh topic because we don't have very much time on this episode so my very much topic or my very my my uh stable faction is i'm gonna, I'm gonna pull a jk we are the nation a domination 
there we go. Nation of Domination, right there. Um, I had one, JK. Now I've got two. Um, so the Nation of Domination is one of the one great faction because it started off being with your four members: Farouk, um, Kama Mustafa, Dilo, Dilo Brown, and the Godfather. And, and right. The, well, that was Kama Mustafa. Ah, uh, yeah. Farouk. Farouk, and the, and the fourth member was uh, Mark Henry. Right. Right. Then you added in The Rock, Rocky Mavia. Right. And then you had the whole Rocky turn in with Farouk and basically kicked him out, and that was it. And then um, and then later, of course, they had Owen Hard and different things. But the, but they had some great feuds with the um, – who was the uh, Disciples of po- Apocalypse? Is that what they're mm-hmm. – Yeah. Them as well as the Road Warriors, and then because they were like they were they were teaming together against them at Survivor Series and stuff, and then you had great great feud with DX. Yeah, they just the it was just amazing stuff, and that lasted for a long time. It even brought in Owen Hart, like I said, when I brought in Owen Hart, it brought some great comedy stuff from the DX side of things, making fun of them. But just the whole Rock, you know, being the leader and kind of branching, and then of course later that really was split up when the rock goes when rock goes to the corporation at the end of 98 so that kind of ended the the um, the, um, the year and a half run of the nation of domination but by by far though it was one one great faction and some great wrestlers involved in that too as well yeah it it was it, that was definitely the dx nation of domination stuff was my favorite uh out of out of that group's uh feuds loved the uh i'm not a nugget you know skits that they right, did right. between the, you know it, it, that was a that was that was a great group of, of guys and not to step on your toes or anything but like uh, another one I want to just throw in there before we get out of here the Heenan family was a really good faction yeah, as well yeah yeah, yeah. JK well, we, well the evolution like you mentioned before evolution that's definitely you know right I mean, it's I mean it's got you got you got to, what's funny about that is you got your one somebody from the two of the greatest factions involved in one, Ric Flair and Triple H, you know, together in another one. So that's kinda that's kinda cool. Really quick. Worst stable of all time. Go. Worst stable of all time? Union. The jobs no, not the jobs. The um who's the people the right to censor? Oh yeah, right God. to censor. BWO three yeah. M B. I I liked BWO. I, I know you did. Um, let's, on, let's, so we put out a thing on. By the way, we put out a thing on Twitter, Facebook stuff, that, and um, said, you know, who do people think? And there's a couple, we got a couple different responses. So the PPW podcast, Positive Pro Wrestling podcast, on Twitter at PPW podcast. Give them a shout out. Give them a follow. Listen to their show. They're really good. They put DX Nation Domination NWO Heenan Family. Pretty much everyone we agree with. Um, our, our friend of mine named Clint Clint Carroll one or uh, Clint Carroll oh nine on Twitter. Sorry. He said DX Four Horsemen, the Dangerous Alliance. That's something we oh, the Dangerous Alliance. That's good. And then, of course, the NWO. Um, we also have uh, voicemails and stuff, so we'll take a listen. Oh, we'll take a listen to those. Let's go ahead and um, and uh, listen to those right now. Hey, this is Jimmy G, a.k.a. Sexy, a legend in my own mind. And I am calling in to tell you who I feel is the best faction of all time. Without a doubt for me, it is the original Four Horsemen, which were Ric Flair, Tully Blanchard, Ole and Arn Anderson, and managed by J.J. Dillon. Um, I kind of am okay with, with whenever they brought in Barry Wendell to take over for Ole because Ole was aging, and I think uh, you know, that, was, that was probably the best available, but I still think the original Four was the best. 
Yeah, I'd love to hear you guys talk about the American Males with Mark Buff Bagwell and Scotty Riggs. They're just uh, so admirable and delicious, and I'm straight, but damn, you got to admit, you know? Okay. Um, apparently, a caller wants us to talk about the American Males of... Um yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to what to say with that. Uh, who is the second guy? Scotty Riggs. Scotty Riggs. Yeah. I've never heard of this guy. He's an old NWA, NWA WCW guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, at first, when I heard the voicemail when you sent it to me, I immediately said, "Man, JK has got to stop drinking on Saturday nights." And then I remembered he doesn't drink, and uh, the, the voice wasn't disturbing enough to be JK's. I, you Fair know what? Point. So he wants us to talk about them. Uh, I guess we'll talk about them as being well. Um, you did ask us right before then who the worst factions we of go. all times were. No, JK did, and that's 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 that that was there. We go. That that's what it is. I mean, I I don't. Uh, I really don't have much to say other than than wow. I mean, I I've never heard of this group. I'm just going to throw mine in real quick. Worst day of all time: aces and eights. I liked them. Yeah, I did too. I hated it. I did. I did too. Um, I liked them for sure. But um, yeah, this, the <laughs> I don't know. It's just I don't know. I, you know what? With that, with that, uh, how, how do you bounce back from a call like I mean, the other calls? Uh, you know, how do you bounce back from that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't get it. I, I know. Um, Buff was the stuff, and the girls just couldn't get enough apparently. But uh, I, I think oh, that God. I think that guy was one of them too. Delete, delete, uh, delete. Yes, delete. the worst tag team of all time is Daniel Spencer and J.K. We haven't. We're not a tag team. Depends on who you ask. Uh, I, I feel tag teamed well, all the simultaneously time. Simultaneously, on the best and the worst, the best is me and my cousin, the great future Eddie Young, and the worst is unfortunately with the man to my left and right. Ouch. So I guess we're going to need to be a tag team. I guess we are the tag team. <laughs> and by the way, the greatest faction of all time is by far the Ringside Podcast. Absolutely. Because you've got three great different individuals who bring forth, you know, one is one is talented, amazing, phenomenal, and the best, which is me. The next one is pretty You okay. stole my gimmick. <laughs> so I say you got so you got one that's very talented, one that's very smart. And another one's J.K. and Daniel. So, <laughs> will I stop? Yes, I will stop, Justin. But uh, so we're just going to end the show there uh, with that. Uh, you know, appreciate the calls. Keep coming, them in. You can reach us on the voicemail at Erico five zero two six nine four two three one zero. Leave us your thoughts and opinions of the show, and it just might make it on air just like that one did. Um, so yeah, leave us a comment there. Tweet us at Ringside Podcast. Also follow us on Instagram and, and Facebook at Ringside Podcast. Uh, like us, share us, follow us, listen us everywhere you can. RingsidePodcast.com. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio app, and Podcast Addict for those of you Android listeners. I uh, appreciate all the support. Uh, individually, I'm at Daniel Spencer. At Jeremy underscore CSC. At Kruger Mania. And until next week or next time. You can catch us ringside. See ya.
Find the strength. Ain't nobody man enough to feel the pain. And you can be next. You better give respect. Cause ain't nobody breaking this redneck. No, no.